0: so many bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his palatial one-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Brandon Shockney. Brandon, how are you? Hi, Bill. I'm doing well.
1: And please, it's a studio apartment. We can't graciously say that it's a one-bedroom.
0: I wish it was. Accuracy in our reporting. It is important. Reporting in from the palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Brandon Shockney.
1: Yes. I live in a small living space, everyone, but I'm But I'm proud of it. It's efficient. It's efficient. There's no waste of space. It's cost-conscious.
0: That's right. Uh, But it's good to be back, Bill. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My Mm -hmm. pleasure. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Brandon, Mm -hmm. what have you been playing? Well, Bill, um, as I told you, uh,
1: I just bought today... Super Mario Odyssey, so I've only had Breath of, Breath of the Wild on my Nintendo Switch, uh, but today I bought my second game, um, Super Mario Odyssey. I haven't delved into it too much, uh, but I did play the whole like prologue uh, just to get a basic understanding of the controls and the story, uh, and it's super fun. It's about the first time I've played a Mario game in a long time, because I've never, I didn't have a Wii, I didn't have a GameCube. So I, I haven't played any of like the galaxy games or any of those. Um, so uh, this is like my first Mario game since '64, I think. Wow, uh, oh, geez, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's fun. It's 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 great to be back in kind of this platforming land. Um, I'm already, you know, only only a few minutes in, and it's already just hitting me with a bunch of like style and a bunch of uh, interesting things to look at visually it, it looks amazing so uh, I'm very excited for it uh, I like the the so far I like the cap mechanic a lot um, it's a
0: really interesting idea fun uh, well executed idea so uh, I'm enjoying that so far now are you playing with the joy cons separated from the like the switch unit itself or are you playing like on your TV
1: so so far I've been playing it just on the uh, controller that it comes with, so connected onto the the uh, like joystick pad. Um, but I know it recommends playing it separately because because a lot of the controls you have the option of like shaking to do the things uh, that Mario does instead of just the buttons. So I might I might start doing that. Uh, I just for the for the little amount of time I've played, I haven't
0: um, disconnected it from the the main controller. Yeah, you might find that. A couple of the game's challenges are pretty difficult without uh, detaching the Joy-Cons. I managed to get to, I think, most of them, or if not all of them, but it does require a little extra fussiness. Oh, okay. To, like, learn the right maneuvers with the analog controls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I, I think its it'll probably be...
1: I, I haven't really... I feel like with Breath of the Wild, which is the other game I've been playing pretty... Uh, regularly I haven't used like the motion controls really much at all in that game um so beyond like sometimes aiming with arrows with it so uh it'll be nice to kind of more actively use that aspect of the system um but segueing into Breath of the Wild uh <laughs> I have gotten pretty pretty far I just completed all the
0: shrines all 120 of them are now done so when I Became friends with you officially. Yes. By confirming our Switch friendships. Yes. Then I looked at your uh, play history and I saw you dropped like 150 hours into Breath of the Wild. I have. I think so. Maybe I have to go back and check. But it looked like that no. was no. No, you don't think so. Is that wh- That's
1: I... so many.
0: Well, it could be possible. <laughs> I'd have to check. I I'm have not, to check. I'm not looking right at it anymore. But when I. Was looking at different people's game histories. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, this person's played X, Y, and Z. This mm. person's played Mario Kart, Splatoon two, and you just had one entry, Breath of the Wild." Yeah. And I recall it was 150 hours. Oh,
1: 150 hours! What am I doing with my life? I love the game so much. Um, no, I, I, I bet it's, I bet it's got to be less than that. That, that's so, that's so many. Because I haven't had the game that long. But who knows? I have. Play, been playing that exclusively for the for the Switch, so uh, it has been a lot of time. I know that, um, and a lot of it I've just been exploring on my own. On my own, you know. I also don't know if if I keep it in sleep mode and then don't necessarily close the software, if it still counts those hours on it. Oh, I don't know um, either. Yeah, that's a good point. Because sometimes I'll just put it in sleep mode and. Uh, uh, if the, And I can go right back into the game when I turn it back on. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily closed out the software when I've done that. So it could be like that's nights and nights of it just being on as well. Um, but yes, so I've been playing that. Um, I am I think I'm at the point where I'm going to go defeat Ganon. I'm going to fight the main boss and, and complete the story side of the of the game, um, but that Super Mario Odyssey and finally Overwatch. Of course, I'm always playing Overwatch. Some big developments uh, since uh, I think I last talked about it. You know, we they introduced their a couple new maps. So um, Blizzard World is now one of their main maps. So it's like a, a map that combines all the different elements of like Hearthstone and. And World of Warcraft and Starcraft and things like that. So that's uh, a fun little um, uh, map. There's a lot, a lot of Easter eggs and stuff in that. Uh, and they also introduced like a bunch of new skins and stuff that are now just like part of the rotation and the loot boxes. And then finally their, uh, their Year of the Dog event is active right now until uh, I think the first week of... Um, first couple weeks of March maybe. Uh so that's been fun too. You know, I, I really like their events. Capture the flag is still a broken mode.
0: Um I heard that they're, they're nerfing Lucio so you can't wall ride while controlling mm-hmm. the flag.
1: Yes, yeah, so a lot a lot of the things that's been nice is they did that with a lot of characters. So basically any ability you use for that's movement based, uh causes you to instantly drop the flag, um and capture the flag now, which is great. Uh, but the mode still feels really broken. Um, it's, it's not my favorite. Uh, I don't know what they can really do to fix it beyond maybe eliminating some of the heroes altogether, uh, just to make it more challenging or force people to play certain roles. Uh, but, but it's, it's fine. Um, I, I, you know, I play it for the boxes, uh, (laughs) when I have to do our, our, the arcade mode, but, um, quick play still is where it's at, um. But yeah, no, Overwatch, it's they're continuing to fine tune it. That's great. I'm I'm loving Overwatch League still still. I'm still watching that on a pretty regular basis. Um uh my my team I was originally rooting for, that had Chicago players, San Francisco Shock is doing terribly. Uh so not rooting for them so hard anymore. Uh but New York Excelsior Pine, that's my guy. Uh that's who I'm all in on.
0: So uh, those those are the main games I've been playing. Awesome! Yeah, that's great. It's I always like checking back in on Overwatch. It's nice to get because it's been coming up now in two years. It'll be two years in May.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's the best it's ever been. You know, they can keep refining it. Um, they keep doing uh, smart things with the game and keep offering great new content to the the player base. Like what other game? company is doing that you know just on such a consistent basis uh it's it's really it's really great and i am really enjoying it um and i don't see myself stopping anytime
0: soon playing it awesome Mm -hmm. awesome yeah well as for myself uh so at the during the last episode i talked about a game called slay the spire and i just started playing it and i was like yeah i think this game is pretty good uh so maybe i'll play it some more and then uh, during the ensuing week, I played another like 30 hours of it. Mm-hmm. So I can report back that Slate Aspire Spire is a good game. Yeah? Yeah. What's it for? It is a PC game. i uh, playing it on Steam. It's an early access. Ooh. Uh, so, you know, that means uh, it's not finished. There could still be uh, bugs you encounter. There's actually a character you can't play as where it's just like, sorry, still working on that character. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, roguelike card game. Uh, So a roguelike being a game where you basically have one life and you're just trying to play and get as far into the game as you can before you die and restart altogether. And a card game in that, you begin with like a starter deck with like some basic attacks and defends in it. And then every time you win a fight, you can get a new card to add to your deck. And over time, you get more and more powerful cards. You have the option to remove cards from your deck. So like the, the starter cards are kind of wimpy. So you might want to get those out of there. You can buy new cards from merchants. You can get uh, relics, which are, like, effects, like, all of your cards, basically. They'll give you extra powers and stuff. Sometimes they have drawbacks. Sometimes they have advantages. But it's all a bunch of different outcomes, and it's just really cool, like, seeing how your deck changes from run to run. Mm-hmm. That is
1: cool. So, um, so starting over, like does it have an end game like are you able to beat it um if you get to a like a certain point or is it
0: just you keep going until you kind of die and start over you can beat the game okay so right now it's like divided up into three acts Mm -hmm. and if you get to the end of the final act and you beat the third boss you are considered to have won the game um right now there are two classes available and like i said there's a third one that's still being developed there's Mm -hmm. the they call it something else, I forget what, but there's a warrior class and a rogue class. They, they have their own specially branded names, mm. but I've beaten the game now with both of them once each. And they play pretty differently, I mm-hmm. would say. Uh, the warrior is all about having, like, maybe a fewer more powerful cards in your deck that deal big damage all at once, and rogue is about playing a bunch of cards all in a turn and doing kind of, like, incremental damage. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I... I uh, if you ever played the card game Dominion, that that's a good primer for like what this feels like. I, I really would recommend playing this game if you get the chance.
1: Nice, you are the card game expert. <laughs>
0: I feel like you're so good at that, so I trust your opinion. Well, I knew I had to give it a shot because like my friend who is was a longtime Magic player, he told me to get it, and then I saw a couple. Magic players who stream, they were streaming the game, and I was like, all right, well, I should check this out, too. So mm-hmm. it seems to me there is definitely a correlation between, like, Magic players and, or just card game players, really, and Slay the Spire. Nice. Yeah. That sounds fun. And as a change of pace, I also played Magic the Gathering Battlegrounds. Okay. <laughs> so uh, just, uh, for my for my own stream, uh, So Many Bits, Twitch TV, that's APMs uh Wednesday and Thursday nights. I uh, wanted to do something a little different than just playing more Magic the Gathering Online. I wasn't really looking to draft the current format anymore. And there was this game released in 2003 for the original Xbox, and it's called Magic the Gathering Battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. It's a real-time strategy game. Hmm. So the way this plays out is you are a lady, and you have like your half of basically a, like a sports field. Pretty much. It's basically a sports field. Mm-hmm. And your opponent has their half of the sports field, and pe- every few seconds, mana will drop on the ground, and you have to go pick it up, and then you can cast different spells from your spellbook that are based on cards from the game. Mm. But they have like actual uh, mater- material. They're actually physically in the game. Like, So uh, you might have the card Lanoar Elves, and if you play it, you have an actual elf that runs out onto the, the game field and like does stuff. For you. Okay, that sounds cool. It's like a Yu-Gi-Oh version of
1: <laughs> where the cards come to life, you know? It kind of is. Yeah. It really kind of is. Mm-hmm.
0: That's like, cool. Yeah. Is it fun? Have you enjoyed been enjoying it? It is fun. Mm-hmm. I I can see so I didn't have good reviews on Metacritic and I can kind of see why. Mm-hmm. The story mode is pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of <laughs> like there's a pre-rendered cutscene where it's just like, "Hey, you're you have chess and one Go out and like and like fight and like this MacGuffin with jewels and it's like alright well uh, we can do that yeah pretty straightforward and then just drops you into like a menu of ten fights that you do all in a row with like very little documentation of like what's going to happen or like any background or flavor to add to it hmm. and then at the end of the ten fights there's another cutscene where you beat up the boss of that chapter in, in one the, the boss turns into a tree <laughs> <laughs> okay. You
1: know, the most intimidating of, of things. A tree. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've been enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you like magic, this is a very unique take on the mechanics of magic and trying to apply them to another type of game. I would not recommend it for anyone who doesn't already like magic <laughs> and also you can't play multiplayer because the multiplayer servers have been down for like 10 years
1: <laughs> yeah i imagine that's that's a big aspect of
0: the game i bet that that you're missing out on but you know one other annoying thing too is uh every time you cast one of the spells in the game your person says it so like i was saying before it was like if you play land of our elves you'll be like why do our elves and then the elves will pop out hmm which is kind of annoying already. <laughs> but then I got to this one fight where they—it's like kind of a puzzle. They sp- have the enemy mage spam these two different spells that are very cheap over and over and over again, and see if you can like deal with that. Mm-hmm. So all you hear over and over again for like ten minutes is engulfing flames, raging goblin, engulfing flames, raging goblin, engulfing flames, raging goblin.
1: Oh, yeah. And you're like, I got to beat this puzzle just to shut them up.
0: Yeah, that took like four or five tries. Before you beat it. <laughs> oh man, it was tough! It was tough.
1: Yeah, it's where you put the game on mute. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I paused that, I was only playing it on stream, and I'm definitely going to come back to it. Mm. I'm definitely going to finish that up because I want to see the rest of the cards pretty much.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And lastly, I'm continuing to play Dongan Rampa. V3, Killing Harmony. That's right. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think last time I was talking about the second game. Oh, oh yes, that's right. And I was pretty close to the end of that one, and I have since finished it. And now we're on to the third one. You didn't like the second one very much. Or not as much as the first one. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that the ending did kind of redeem it. Okay. Like it was so crazy, mm-hmm. and it did it did kind of tie together at the end. Like it did kind of make sense. So I was like, "All right, well, that sort of helps." Right. <laughs> and then, so what do you feel about the third one so far? It's got the same good points and the same bad
1: points as the first two. Okay. So hopefully, the ending <laughs>
0: will be crazy, and <laughs> they've already kind of gone crazy with the. Uh, some of the plot twists early on. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Like in uh Phoenix, right? I mean, they've always got the trials and those are cool mysteries, but the, the mysteries that are like unraveled as a trial goes on always seem to have to do with like that specific case. They're not like some bigger truth about the universe right. for the most part. Mm-hmm. But in Danganronpa, usually solving a case reveals some aspect of the mystery that's still ongoing in each game. Oh, okay. And the first two twists to these games are pretty... And these two trials I've done and completed are pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm, can I spoil them before you do you Go for it. And as long as the listeners don't mind. So, listener, uh, let me look at a clock right now. I'm going to give myself the next two minutes to talk about these uh, trials. Spoiler so, alert. So, yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, skip ahead two minutes. Mm-hmm. So, the first trial in these games, is usually messing with you in some way. Like, they'll definitely throw you a curveball, but the one for this one was extreme, where you're playing the game, mm-hmm. and you're going through, and you're getting introduced to the world and all stuff like that, and then inevitably the first murder happens because this is what these games do, and you, you do the investigation, you do the trial, and like two-thirds of the way through the trial, it's like, oh, man, we're not really sure who did it. Who do you think did it? And you kind of think about it, and you realize that your character was the one who actually committed the murder. What? Like, there were... There are just, like, if you think about it enough, you're like, oh, well, there are these things that are clues about the case that only your character would know about because, like, the weapon in the case is, like, a shot put ball. Mm -hmm. And you saw your character in the warehouse, and she, like, notices the shot put balls. At one point, you could check them out and investigate. Yeah. And the perspective switches to another character so he, he could finish out the case and wow. bring you to justice basically wow so you switch like roles after the first case then you're the other character yeah yeah now you're this other character like you the first two games like they will throw twists at you like that where like oh a character you thought you knew you didn't actually know them that well and here it was you it was you the protagonist you didn't know that well wow that's cool and then the second one the twist is it more at the end like you get through the trial And you find out, like, everyone is supposed to have, like, a motive for why they want to escape. And that's why they kill someone. And this person, she was the ultimate maid. But the reason she wanted to escape was she was the maid for the prime minister of Japan. And she was actually running Japan. What? They're like, she's like, I remembered midway through (laughs) our adventures that I was left to run our country and because i'm the ultimate maid i will always serve no matter what and i serve the people of this country and that's why i had to escape wow yeah man oh man this game sounds nuts what is this what system is this on i'm playing it on the playstation vita uh-huh. but you can play it on uh v3 is on vita and ps4 and steam
1: okay just the th-
0: just the third one are all of them on PS4? Maybe i got to play these games. The first two, I believe, are also... Uh, by the way, you can come back now. Spoilers are over. Spoilers are over. Spoilers are Spoilers over. Spoilers are over. The first two were released as a bundle on the PS4, I believe. As, like, okay. Dangan- Danganronpa 1 and 2 Reload. And they, like, do a little bit to spruce them up, pretty much. Okay. All right. I might have to check these out. If you like Phoenix Wright... You I do. A lot. Then you will like these games, I think. Okay, that's what got me interested in the first place. Is someone else was like, "These are basically Phoenix Wright games." (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah, I see it. Hey, and on
1: only thirty bucks for the reload, one and two reload. That's a pretty good deal.
0: That's fifteen bucks a game. Okay. Okay. All right. I might be sold on this. I might be sold on this. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that's spoiling a little bit of the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could still enjoy it even knowing that, right? Yeah. I think so. I, yeah. I I think
1: I've. I've seen the bear. The bear that's like kind of the mascot of it, right? I've seen that. Yeah. Like bear image of like the white
0: and black bear. Right. Because mm-hmm. like he gets a lot of funny lines mm-hmm. and like he's sadistic too so you know Mm -hmm. people naturally will glom onto that
1: (laughs) yeah i recognize that okay i'm interested i'm interested cool all right um nice why i I, i've enjoyed hearing your experience through all three of these
0: now (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's cool i guess then that that's what i've been playing Mm -hmm. and before we move on then to our choose your fighter segment i know what's next Tell the listener what's next. It is time for Bill's Magic Minute.
1: (laughs) The official theme. Yes, the official Magic Minute theme. Exactly. I'm setting my my clock here. One minute. All Uh, right. Yeah. Just so. Even though technically you already
0: talked about magic earlier on in the in the. Episode. That's true. I'm well, being very <laughs> selfish this time. Uh, just for if you're unfamiliar, Bill's Magic Minute is uh, I really like the game Magic the Gathering, and usually I only allow myself one minute to discuss the game without any context or explanation to just get that out on my system. Yes, here we go. Are you ready, Bill? I'm ready. And your minute begins now. Big unbannings occurred in the modern format when Jason the Mind Sculptor and Bloodbraid Elf were allowed to be legal again as cards. Now, Bloodbraid Elf is a relatively well-known card. It's a two colorless red-green 3-2 haste with cascade, which means you flip cards from the top of your deck until you find a card that costs less and you can play it for free. It's a powerful card, but for modern, it is appropriate for the power level of that format and it seems understandable to unban it. On the other hand, Jason the Mind Sculptor is one of the most powerful cards ever printed, and on top of that, it is a very expensive card. Usually copies of Jason the Mind Sculptor go for over $100. They're in very short supply and very high demand. I am shocked that they unbanned this card, because while it is not necessarily too powerful for the format, it could prove to be again. the whiplash of unbanning it, then having to ban it again would be very, very punishing.
1: And time! Alright. That you got a full like I felt like a full thought out. Ah, oh, good. Right? Yes. That felt very complete.
0: Um, well done. For the moment, we're gonna move on to our Zo Fighter segment. So Brandon, I've been popping iron. Well, hit the gym, I can tell. I've been sparring and like Mofo. For this segment, you and I are going to go back and forth with one article, news event, or upcoming games until only one of us is left standing. Bring it on! Alright, well I will. I'm going to be talking about an upcoming game called Into the Breach. Now Into the Breach is coming out actually in like two weeks. It's coming out on February 27th, 2018. And it's a turn-based strategy game. The idea is that you are kind of protecting the world from giant monsters, and you have these mecha that you are able to pilot, and you send them out in the world, and you protect cities, kind of Pacific Rim style. Mm-hmm. The twist here on like a more traditional turn-based strategy game is you're not necessarily trying to protect the mechs, although you do ideally want them to be healthy. You're trying to protect the cities, mm-hmm. because you are given like power by the cities, and you get confidence like an actual tangible benefit from protecting them and making them more confident in your services. So not only do you want to defeat the monsters, you want to defeat the monsters and avoid collateral damage. Oh, interesting. So you've got like, you know, your standard mech who like punches stuff and then you got your like artillery mech and maybe your artillery mech doesn't want to fire A bunch of shells and a monster, like a worm monster, that's sitting right next to a building because it'll damage the building too.
1: Oh, okay. So you gotta be more strategic. Yes. Like
0: in terms of like geographical location. It's a different tension. It's a different Mm -hmm. set of priorities than you would normally have. Mm -hmm. And these are the same people who made this game called FTL, Faster Than Light. I would, yeah, I would just, I would recommend people check it out when it comes out. It looks pretty compelling. I trust those guys, to do good work. And they've also, I think, learned a couple lessons from Faster Than Light. Because one of the things... Faster Than Light is another roguelike, where you basically have one life. You get a ship at the start of the game. And you're trying to pile up a ship through a bunch of different planetary systems so at the end you can fight the evil empire's big uh, flagship and destroy it. One of the things that made it kind of not good, though, is... Sometimes you would just get bad rolls, pretty much. Like, Uh, unfortunate events would happen, or you would get a bum, like, map set up because the map would be randomized every time. And you just, you can't win, basically. It's not not impossible to win, but for the average person, it would be impossible to win. mm -hmm. And the thing that I like that Into the Breach does to fix that is, if you have an unsuccessful run in Into the Breach, they have some plot device in the game that lets you send one of the pilots for your mechs into your new game so like if you are doing badly but you got one one lady and she's doing a really sweet job of piloting the mech and she's like got her punching skill all the way up you can warp her into the next game and keep her and maybe that'll make it a little easier on you when you're trying for the next time i like that that is a, a nice way to like not completely have you start over yeah, yeah, it gives a little bit of persistence to the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think I've babbled on a lot, long enough about this game. I don't know if there's anything further to add, but I'm definitely going to be checking it out when it comes out yeah, very I'll, shortly. Yeah, I'll have to yeah check it out myself. I think that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like it's too graphically intensive, so most PCs mm-hmm. should be able to run it.
1: Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right, so my turn. Yes! I'm bringing my story. So, <laughs> um, here it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, uh, so... Uh, a rumor started circulating this week uh, that we're going to hear an official na- announcement early next month that a Spyro remaster trilogy is going to be coming to um, PlayStation. Uh, so um, it's from going to be from the same folks that did the Crash Bandicoot trilogy are also going to be uh giving a a spyro remaster so they're going to redo the graphics redo like uh, the sound design maybe include some stuff that wasn't originally included like levels that weren't originally built into the original game things like that so one through three um so i I think a lot of people are jazzed about that i think uh spyro definitely has its fan base i don't know if there's a as, as big of a fan base as maybe there was for crash bandicoot but they saw such success with that that they're kind of doing that again with this new, um, Spyro series. So, um, I think this is great and bodes well for, you know, I, I was kind of thinking we were never going to get something like this, especially cause Spyro, uh, kind of went into that like Skylanders route where, uh, it was, he was kind of associated with that major brand. Um, but it seems like this is going to be a return to form a little bit. So, uh, I'm excited about what that means. Um, and hopefully we get an official announcement here soon. Uh, with some details on what they're going to do but from that i kind of wanted to use it as a springboard just to get your thoughts on how you feel about these kinds of remasters you know we have something like this that's coming we just had the shadow of the colossus remaster drop earlier this week um you know that was a pretty big uh uh retooling of a lot of like the graphics and uh, some of the gameplay mechanics and stuff so do you feel like it's worth kind of reinvesting in these type of games or do you think uh interest should be poured more into new properties and uh, sequels new titles things like that
0: i think these hd remakes or remasters are indicative of like a more conservative approach to making games Mm -hmm. and I, i that's a little bit of a letdown to me and I understand practically why it happens. It's much, much cheaper to remake a game or port it to a new generation of consoles than it is to, like, risk money on a whole new IP or, like, a sequel. And it's a lot easier to, like, well, let's port the Spyro games first, and if it sells well, then we'll make a new Spyro game, which is, I think, what's going to happen with Crash. It looks very likely now that there will be a new Crash Bandicoot game in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. I just, it's kind of... A little it's a letdown because first off some of these games just haven't been gone long enough for me to miss them spyro is actually that wasn't like anything i was really into but i'm sure there are people who were into it when they were younger and there are probably people from the skylanders franchise where it could be like a generational thing where it's like uh, a, a parent and their child they're like oh we both played with spyro when we were Kids, now here's a new game we could play together with mm-hmm. Spyro in it. Yeah. But sometimes the HD remakes, it's like, really? That game? Like, I, 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 one example is like the prototype games. Mm-hmm. Those have HD remakes. Oh, weird, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those games. They're like competent games, but it's hard to imagine there was much demand for it, especially considering. It's still very easy, I'm sure, to go out and get a 360 or a PS3 and play the game on those platforms.
1: And I think too, I think a part of that is, I mean, nostalgia is like the big factor here, right? They know that people can uh, will flock to it, even if there's not a lot more there. Just kind of like a repackaged deal. I think, like with a lot of these things, like the that like prototype remake or i just recently i've been playing that dot hack collection right where it's it's like just just enough has been done to it but maybe like the bare minimum has been kind of like upgraded right where it feels like with like the crash bandicoot series that felt like a full like they were the original games but they really went out of their way to make graphical upgrades and to include content that maybe you didn't originally have so i think something there and what I'm hoping is going to be with like the Spyro games, there's going to be more love put into that. Whereas, you know, something with like the prototype HD or whatever, or uh, some of these other um, things that even were like PS3 games that got like their PS4 remaster. And it's like, okay, I I guess. Uh, um, I think it's just an easy way to get people to buy what they already love. Um, So part of me likes it. Part of me is a sucker for it the things I mean I went all in on this dot hack thing just based off of my nostalgia for it not that I really thought it was going to be worth the time so I don't know part it it, if it's handled well and there's care and thought put into the remasters then I think it's great but if it's just if it feels blatantly like a cash grab then then that's where it kind of turns me off Um, and I think more often than not it's probably just a cash grab uh, without really like putting much effort into what you're going to get. I'm surprised we don't have a full God of War series, all the games packaged together with the new one coming out, that they're like, yeah. here it is. Uh, you can play them all before the new one comes out. i surprised we don't have that. I know God of War 3 got like an HD or PS4 bump, um, but I'm surprised they haven't tooled the other ones
0: yet me too me too and i think it's a, it's a fair point that there is a distinction between like a quick cash grab and something that actually is attempting to be like archival mm-hmm. and like either enhance the experience or collect the entire like an entire series into one place mm-hmm. like uh, i think the ico slash Shadow of the Colossus HD collection for the PS3. I've heard very good things about that Mm -hmm. because not only was it good recreations of those games, but also it, like, included extra supplemental material about, like, the making that was uh, illuminating and like, their development, and that was interesting.
1: And I think for that one, too, a lot of people weren't able to get their hands on the original Ico, you know? It was, like, so hard to find that one. And so to have a remake and be like, here it is... uh, you know, easily available to you, I think, was like a big push for that as well. What's interesting, I I read that this new Shadow of the Colossus, uh, PS4 remaster, is already selling, I think, seventy three percent better than the original did when it came out. Like that's pretty. That that right there is like your proof of this this type of thing works. You know. Yeah. Because um, they they know they have the fan base and they can kind of re
0: re uh, introduce it to to people. I mean, it's. I don't know the numbers, I haven't looked at the numbers, but it's probably going to be that Shadow of the Colossus will sell better than The Last Guardian, which is kind of like the next game by that director. Right. And, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And The Gar- Last Guardian took 10 years to make? Right. Co- probably cost an insane amount of money to make if it's in development for that long. And got okay reviews. Yeah, it got okay reviews. I'm yeah. selling my copy on eBay for like 10 bucks.
1: Really, yeah. I still have never played it.
0: Yeah, I mean, did you enjoy it? I never took it out of the shit crap. <laughs> Dude,
1: got... what what is it on? PS4? Yeah, PS4. You just selling it for ten bucks? Pretty much. All right, I might buy it from you. It's on eBay right now.
0: I'll i see. Yeah, <laughs> I can't just take it down because someone put a bid on it. Oh, that yes. would hurt my feedback. But uh,
1: yeah, uh, maybe I'll outbid this person. We'll see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, there there is room for remix Mm -hmm. and like collections to preserve and curate, but I think it's done too much and too quickly now.
1: We got to draw the line somewhere, right? I think games need to earn it. Yes, and yeah, like you said, I think be be have a chance to be missed. But it's like that with, with everything too. I mean, it bleeds into the film industry, right? Where it's like, oh, we, we're doing a remake of this movie or we're giving you a sequel or something. Just j- There's no chance to like love or miss a property because you're getting so much of it um, uh, consistently. So it's just, it's an interesting, uh, I think, mindset that we're, we kind of have through all of entertainment right
0: now. Um, and it's definitely apparent in, in video games. It's a sign that video games are growing up. They're That's becoming right. a mature media field that is as commercially perilous as movies and music. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I would love a Mass Effect like, complete collection. In, I don't even know if you have to HD all those games, because I think some of them were available post-HD tr- switchover. Mm-hmm. But something that like just put all three games... Forget Andromeda. Put all three of the original games... And, like, all the DLC in one Ooh, collection. I would, I would buy that. I still have never played the first Mass
1: Effect. I've only played 2 and 3. Um, I love 2 and 3. Uh, and I bet, I'd, I bet I would dive back. It's been enough time now I would dive back into those. Um, I didn't really get into Andromeda because I heard bad things about it. Same. Um, so I didn't even... I didn't want to sully my thoughts because I liked... I mean, 3 is pretty good, but 2 was, like, unreal for me um I rather just have I they should do the same thing with Dragon Age. They should not compile all yeah. the Dragon Age. Come on,
0: that's EA, right? That's come, EA. come on EA. Get on, get on board. I mean, at this point, it's a, they might do that with Dragon Age still. That seems to be a property they're still invested in. Mass Effect it might be a few years before we see it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dragon Age, I Inquisitions the only one I've played, but I really really loved it. So
0: Dragon Age 2 I I Played it all the way through, and I liked it, but it is pretty rough at some spots. Uh-huh. I've heard. Uh, you might like the first Dragon Age. I'm not sure you would like the first Mass Effect. It's very different from the second and the third. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I'm more committed to the story of Mass Effect, where I would be willing to go on the journey with Mass Effect 1, just to kind of complete that. Um, but, yeah, love love to. Okay. I'm a Thane gotta have my boy Thane in there Thane's all right what Thane he's all right yeah he's great and they they benched him in three I couldn't (laughs) believe it I couldn't believe they benched him it's true they they kind of pumped him out they benched all my favorite characters in three all the I loved I think it was Miranda in two yeah benched and then they brought all these characters back from the first one that I had no love for and I was like who is this I don't care See, I
0: was so happy, like, that Liara and well, <laughs> a- Ashley showed up in my game, so I don't oh. know about yours, but yeah. They're like, oh, good, Liara's back. She was cool. Not, not a fan? No. Miranda! Like, you needed to play Lyra the Shadow Broker, the DLC for Mass Effect 2, then you would have gotten to know Liara. Oh, I guess. See, that's the, that's the thing, too, is that all that DLC is still, like, full price, so you can probably get, like... Actually, I was just over at the exchange, so I saw you can get Mass Effect 2 and 3 for, like, $3.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, wow. You can, to buy all the DLC, it would still cost you, like, $60.
1: That's, that's insane. They could package that, a $60 game, just including everything? Yeah. Who would buy that? I'd buy it. I'd buy it. I want it now. Who is your
0: love interest in Mass Effect? It changed every game. Really? Yeah. Changed every game. Wow. Yeah, that's me. I'm, uh... I'm a true uh, romantic. <laughs> Who was your favorite? Uh, I mean, I'd have to say Liara. Okay, that was my love interest in three. Okay,
1: mine was Garrus all the way through. I had a I played as female Shepard. Um,
0: you give she, off Liara as a female. That's
1: true. That's true. I had female Shepard, and uh, yeah, she, her, and Garrus. I loved Garrus. That that's got to be a challenge. Cool.
0: The, those uh chitmas plates. <laughs>
1: you know what they made
0: it work and it was beautiful that's good yeah alien love that was like the, one of the funnier subplots of two is like if you were romancing tolly yeah like half the story is like her figuring out how she can like have sex with you without dying <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i i remember i i liked Tali tolly a lot oh man can you can you even play as tolly in the third game or play with her in her party she shows up but she
0: she's does not... benched yeah she's benched She's just like... Why did Mass Effect 3 do that? They had a lot of plates that they were spinning, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Man. Still great games. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to go back and play through the trilogy one more time, at least. Mm -hmm. But only once I got all that DLC. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Although it'd be tough, you know, it'd be tough because my first experience... I feel like if I played as a different Shepard, my, like... I, I got so attached to Morgan. Uh, her name was Morgan. Morgan Shepard was like my shepherd. And so, it's so interesting that it could be a different experience for other people. But like her and 2 and 3, I was like, that's her, man. I
0: can't <laughs> imagine playing it as a guy next time around. I mean, her favorite shop on the Citadel would be totally different this time. <laughs> and that'd be rude. Yeah, it'd be rude. <laughs> to all the shops that came before.
1: <laughs> uh Good stuff. Yeah. So, what do you think, Bill? Did we tie? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering if one of us won.
0: <laughs> That's never gonna happen. No, no one wins when they listen or I, record so many bits. I
1: don't know. I'm still gearing on. I'm winning one of these. I'm gonna have to hit the gym a little bit more. That's all right. I'll pump. I'll pump up a a, a little bit more. Excellent. Some protein
0: powder. I'll be back. Don't you worry. I'll I, be back. I know a guy. I mean, he can he can help you out. Like, he's got some pills in a Ziploc bag. Oh, no. It'll make you feel great. <laughs> It'll feel so much better after a workout. Right. <laughs> oh, Brandon, uh, thank you so much. I think this does bring another episode of So Many Bits to a close. Bill, thank you so much. This is always a pleasure. Uh, if you want someone to find you, either electronically or in person, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me um,
1: on iTunes, I have my own podcast with my buddy John Pernisek called At The Trailers. Uh, you can find it um, on iTunes or um, on Stitcher. We're also uh, on Lipsyn at atthetrailers.libsyn.com
0: and you can find me personally on Twitter at shock. If you'd like a sample of what it's like to hear Brandon and John talk about movies, they were guests on my podcast recently and they kind of gave a a Demonstration of what At the Trailers is about in episode 138. So give that a listen if you're interested. Yes, please. And then go over to At the Trailers and listen to all their episodes. Yes, please. As for us, we can be reached by email at So Many Bits Podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're So Many Bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from SoundCloud, from Spreaker, from YouTube we play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. Wednesdays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central Time. Wednesdays, usually for Magic the Gathering Online. Thursdays for a Potpourri of Games. I was playing Slay the Spire last week. We talked about that. Before that, I played Cuphead, Super Mario Odyssey, Dragon Ball Fighters, bunch of different stuff. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. Yes! Salutations! (laughs) Take that water!